And he said, I kept back nothing. And you read it. He didn't keep back anything. He said what had to be said when it had to be said. And he didn't apologize for saying it. Without reservation. I told you what God wanted. I told you what was profitable unto you. I didn't hide the truth. Even when it cost me everything I had. Without reservation. And then I see in this a sense of urgency. A sense of doing it now. So we see here how we're to serve. Now the next question I want to bring to mind is when are we to serve? After we've tarried. After we've tarried. <clears throat> and when we serve, Paul said here, I was with you at all seasons. All seasons. Not when I, not when I decided to do so. <clears throat> My brother was in uh, Marshall. He was in a businessmen's group that decided to have one of these big name speakers come, big big time speaker come. The guy lived in New Orleans. He doesn't live there anymore, but he lived in New Orleans and he had a worldwide or at least a nationwide TV ministry. And they called him. They said, "We believe you can really help the businessmen of this area. Will you come and speak to us?" And the guy said, "Sure, I'll come." He said, "But to come." You have, to, you have to promise me $10,000 for one night, fuel for my airplane, and pay to park it there at the airport when I get there, a limousine in the best hotel in town. Well, isn't that nice? I don't think Paul got some of those uh, <clears throat> amenities, do you? I mean, I see Paul sneaking into town. And not having to worry about sneaking out, they'd run him out. But sneaking into town. We are, I, he said, I've been with you continuously at all seasons. The, the Bible said, in, Paul said in Timothy, preach the word. Whenever you get a chance, that's what it means there. In season, out of season. Preach the word whenever the opportunity arises. Preach the word. When it's convenient, preach the word. And when it's not convenient, preach the word. Now folks, I want to, I want to put aside the myth that God only calls a certain handful of men to preach the word. Every child of God is involved in what we're talking about. Going. He didn't say over there in Matthew, now all of you that feel the call of God in your life, go. He didn't say that. He just simply said to everyone, go. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the, of the danger, we're told to go. Now, we, we've said, we've, we've talked about how, We've talked about when. Now let's talk about for just a minute or two where. Where? Well, when I was a boy, I dreamed I was going to go over to Africa. I was going to win all the natives to Christ. I probably would have got shot with a poison arrow the first day because I wouldn't have been in the will of God. And I had big dreams and big plans. But let me say to you, 
God expects us to follow, to go where Paul said he went. Notice it. He said, I, I kept back nothing in verse 20 that was proper unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. That covers it all. Publicly. We're in a public gathering today. And we're talking about the things of God publicly. We are to not forsake the assembling ourselves together. And we are to preach and teach and testify and talk and sing of the great things of God publicly. But then Paul carried it further. He said, from house to house. Now lay aside the fears that I'm trying to uh, resurrect that old uh, habit or pattern that we were into of going to church on Thursday night and getting five cards and going visiting those five people and going home satisfied that you'd done your godly duty for the week. What I'm saying to you here is this, the publicly and from house to house is an everyday thing and you don't pick cards and go see that one or this one or that one. In other words, wherever you find yourself, whether it's in public or from house to house, you are to preach with your life and your words, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said he did here. <clears throat> and what was the message that Paul gave? It's the same message that we're to give. Notice it's all in here. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Number one, repentance toward God. Number two, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And that sums it up right there. That's the gospel. Everything that Paul wrote, he says in this one passage of Scripture here, these two little sentences here, clauses here, this is what I did. This is what I taught in all of my ministry. Repentance toward God. Not enough can ever be preached about repentance. And yet in this day and age, you very seldom hear anybody say anything about repentance. That's why the church is full of spiritual outlaws. They didn't repent. They just joined the church. Joined the church. I remember reading somewhere, heard somebody say something about a, a, an evangelist was preaching in a church and he was there and the lady came up and she said, Oh, I wish my husband had heard that message tonight. Why don't you go to him and tell him, tell him to join the church. He needs to join the church. Often, often, often people report to me and say, you remember so-and-so? They joined the church. Well, I'd say, hallelujah, glory to God, if I knew before they joined the church, they'd join themselves to Jesus Christ. Repentance. Repentance toward God. Repentance toward God. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the first message Jesus himself preached. And then faith toward Jesus. Faith toward Jesus, for by grace you save through faith. Now, <clears throat> we talked about how, when, where, and what message. Now, to whom do we carry it from house to house and publicly? Well, Paul said, I carried it first to the Jews. That was his primary responsibility at first. I mean, he tarried there a long time, and he worked with them for a long time. But the point came in his life when God said again to him, Go, and he had to move his sphere of operation to Asia. To the Jews, 
first, his own people. I, I think we have a responsibility to our own people. I think we have a responsibility to our own families. I think we have a responsibility to our parents if they're alive, to uncles and aunts and cousins and sons and daughters and grandchildren and all the rest. We have a responsibility to them to tell them the truth, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But our responsibility doesn't end there. It's to our families first, but we're also to carry it to the Greeks. And signified in, in that is to all men. Uh, were we not instructed to go out into the highways, into the hedges, into the different parts of town and compel them to come in, to tell them to come in, to bring them in? Under the leadership of the Holy Ghost, we can do that. Now let me summarize all this by saying, going back to the beginning. Before his death, Jesus promised his disciples that after he had risen again, he would go before them in Galilee, and he did. What we've read there in Matthew is the account of what happened when they came before him or he stood before them in Galilee. A lot of people had seen him. And the Bible te tells who, how many, over 500 at one time, had uh, witnessed his resurrection. And all of these people are gathered together. And he's already assured them that he's fixing to go to the Father. He's going to leave. He's not going to be here much longer. And that group of people had to be waiting to hear the very last physical words that they would hear from their Lord and Savior. Don't you know they paid close attention? Do you think that James and John were sitting over there wondering if he's going to wonder if he's going to tell them I'm going to be on the right hand now? No, those things were all in the past. They were waiting to hear what the Master would say before he departed. I've been in hospital rooms just before someone died and everyone that was a part of the family hung around and hung on every word that was said. Listen and see what the last words would be. What's, what's the last thing that's going to be said? And there was some anticipation here. Some of them may have thought, well, maybe he's going to tell us to go home and take a rest. Maybe he's going to take us, maybe he's going to tell us that that uh, he, he'll pick somebody else to do it. You know, maybe, maybe this may have. Here's what he said. Because he had the authority to say it. He already established that. He had the authority to say it. <clears throat> he came to him and he said, <clears throat> here's what I want you to do. I want you to erect great buildings, beautiful buildings, and by erecting these great buildings and these beautiful buildings, men will come and see what you've got. And they will come and they'll sit on your padded pews and they'll, they'll hear the organ and the piano and the great singing and, and they'll, they'll, they'll get involved in all this and they'll want to join the church. Is that, is that what it was? You said you're being facetious. That's right. That's what men do, though, isn't it? Isn't that exactly what they do? Instead of that, he said to them, Go. Highways, byways, wherever you can go. Compel men by your love and your compassion 
That's a persuasive love. But Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. I've heard men say about a particular person's business, man, that's a going concern over there. What does that mean? That means they're really doing business. I mean, they're getting after it over there. It, things are happening. It's popping around that place. But I want to say to you that if we're following the Lord Jesus Christ the way we should, it will never be static. It will always be moving. One way or the other. Go, he said. Go. Three, three great words of the Bible. Come, tarry, go. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, I didn't ask you, I didn't say you're not a member of the church, so you're not a Christian. Then by all that's right and righteous, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he says come, what you ought to do. And there are some that must still tarry. But to the rest of us, if he says go, let's just do it. I mean, when it comes right down to it, that's, that's, what, it, that's what it's all about. Let's just do it. Let's, let's stop talking about it. Let's stop making plans. Let's stop thinking and daydreaming. Let's do it. Let's just go wherever, house to house, wherever, with the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Father, we bow in your presence today. By your mercy, we're able to come and bow. I, I trust this morning, dear Father, that what has been brought will not give the impression to anyone that this can be done in the flesh or with plans and programs and schemes of men. That what we're talking about is simply trusting and obeying. Father, as we as we come to you this morning, we're not going to tell you where you told Jonah and Saul where you you can tell us where you will tell us where. We just want to be obedient to you, faithful to you, in season and out of season, whenever. Be willing to tell men about Jesus Christ. We bless your name today, how good you are to us. And we're awed by the responsibility that you've given us. 
Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit of God. Else we could do nothing. I pray you touch the lives of people, the hearts of people this week, wherever your children go, wherever we go, that other, other people will be touched. Give us concern, give us compassion. Enable us to obey you. We're not asking you to do what you did at Nineveh. All we're asking you to do is just glorify yourself where we are. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'd like to stand and sing number 276. This week, that wherever we are, we might do exactly what the song says. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Is that the one we know? That's not the one we know? Where's the one we know? We'll learn that one later.
Bush.